I don't know if y'all knew this, but Brayden's in from college. Just, he, we're really glad to have him back. Um, well, so there's a couple of, couple of announcements. Uh, this is David and Jenny Schwope's first Sunday with us as a married couple. We're very thankful for that. And um, also, if you didn't catch the very, uh, very cute Facebook photo, uh, Nathan and Cassandra Evans are expecting. So we are very... Uh, Cassandra asked Nathan if that was okay, and he said yes, so if I... It's his fault. We're very glad. It's a boy or a girl, and... We're glad that they are, um, they, they are, they are doing, we're, I'm just so proud of Luke and how he's just a, a good kid and we're, I'll, I told them good parents need to have more kids um, because that's, we are, we need more good kids and we need more good parents. Um, all right, so I prepared for this sermon on patience today uh, with a, um, probably about 10 hours of driving this weekend most of which was in the rain. Uh, we went down to we went to Dallas and then down to Fairfield, Texas, and then back up again last night. And if anything can remind you that you need to be more patient, it's driving. Uh, and and as as I talk about patience, everyone like five different people have said you were you were looking at me while I said well, when you said patience. I'm going to look at everybody. Uh, there's, I forget who said it, but someone once said that the church should look more like an AA meeting than a country club. We should all be broken and all expect that everyone else is broken and we should all acknowledge one of the primary um, things you should do when you come in is to say, I'm broken. That's why I'm here. It's because I'm broken. We've acknowledged that, we have some, that there's something wrong with us and... When you preach on patience, it, it, it feels, like, it feels ju- like just that. It's something we could all uh, use some help with, is to be a little bit more patient. Now, one of, the, one of the problems with that, one of the problems with all of us feeling like we could all be a little bit more patient, is that, um, is that we can excuse it a little bit when that happens. Well, we're all, doesn't everybody wrestle with that? Everybody wrestles with patience. Okay, so? Oftentimes we just put a period at the end of that statement. Everybody wrestles with patience. And we just put a period and we accept it and we file that away in the thing that just is. Everybody wrestles with patience. But what do we do? I'm going to talk a little bit today about some practical things some, um, some very serious, life, maybe life-changing things that could help you be more patient. But the first thing we've got to acknowledge is that this comes from the Spirit. First thing we acknowledge is that we need help in doing this. That chair is closer than I thought it was. Stay over there. I'm just... It's almost better if you fall all the way to the ground, isn't it? Because then at least people have sympathy on you. Oh, dear. So, uh, we, 
in the world was I? We, we acknowledge that we, have, that, we, that we need some patience, but the thing that gets us to having patience is the Spirit. Is God leading us through a life that will eventually shape us into, what, into something better? God is wanting to shape us into something better today than what we were yesterday. And he's slowly doing that. He's slowly bending and shaping us into something better. And so whenever we experience a growth, whenever we experience um, a a maturity, it's because of the Spirit. When we become more patient, it's because of the Spirit. When we become become more loving, it's because of the Spirit. So if you take some things and you say, well, I'm going I'm to work on this. I'm going to practice it. I'm going to try a little bit harder. If you don't have the Spirit, nothing's going to be produced in you. So from the get-go, I would argue that you need an element of, of God in your life. You need to be united with Him through baptism. You need that connection with Jesus so that you can be more patient. It's odd that the first step to patience is salvation. But that's just true. The first step to true love, to true patience, to true joy, is is being united with Jesus and the salvation that that brings. So all that being said, let's... Let, if, if, you just, if you're wrestling with patience and you've never been able to overcome it, but you've also never committed your life to Jesus, I don't think those things are two separate problems. I think those are two things that go hand in hand. Another thing I want to caution you about is a lot of times patience is a, um, is a gateway sin. So you're screaming at your kids. And you're like, oh, I just need more patience. No, you need, to, you need to quit being so angry. Now, patience pushes you to that quicker, but anger is also a sin in play here, too. Um, your temper can be a thing patience pushes you toward. Okay, so we're driving. We're in one of those things where we've recognized that or the road has told us that there's going to be a one lane in two miles. Merge right is the instructions on the orange sign. So we all merge right. And everyone starts merging right. We kind of make our way over there. You're getting in and it's starting to slow down. You're like, well, everyone merged right. Why is it still slowing down? Then this guy, vroom. Up there, and he and we all have to wait on him. He went around us because it was slow, but he's the reason it's slow. Now, one of the things that that um, that patience asks of us is to deal a little bit more consistently with stupidity. Now, how you deal with other people's mistakes, that's what it is. It's how you deal with other people's mistakes. Now, there's two types of patience here, and, and, and one we're going to get to with the Bible. The other, I think, can be um, kind of fun. Like My daughter, uh, Macy, is going to turn uh, 
five years old on Tuesday. And on the way down to uh, Dallas on Thursday, she said, you know, in five days, I'm going to be five. And we said, yes. And she said, and tomorrow, um, it's going to be four days. And tomorrow, tomorrow, it's going to be three. And tomorrow, 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 it's going to be two. And that, she's just excited. Sometimes when we say, well, I, I just need to be patient. Sometimes we just need to say out loud, I'm excited. I'm really excited. And just live in the joy that excitement brings instead of trying to stifle it and say, well, I just need to be patient. Just be excited. That's kind of fun. You can be excited about things. But when we, when we define patience as just waiting, sometimes we can suppress excitement. Don't suppress your excitement. That's fine. I can't wait for Macy's birthday party. We're having Chick-fil-A nuggets. Those are fun. Right? Uh, Macy said, can they put them in the shape of the pirate fairy? And I said, no. <laughs> they can't. That can't happen. Uh, but she, we, I'm excited about that. See, sometimes when we say patience, sometimes what we mean is I don't wait very well. But that's not what patience is. Patience is not waiting well. Patience is something bigger and deeper, and actually it's something more serious than that. Okay, there's a story in Matthew 18 that I want to talk about today. I'm not going to read through it. It's, just, it's in Matthew 18, last part of Matthew 18. There's a story... Uh, Jesus tells the story. He says there's this guy in front of a king, a ruler of sorts. And this guy uh, owes the ruler a lot of money. I'm quoting it verbatim right now. Owes the ruler a lot of money. And the ruler says, you got to pay this back to me. And the guy begs and pleads and the ruler eventually says, okay, you don't owe me anything. Forgives the debt. Now, this same guy goes out and finds another guy who owes him just a a piddly little sum of money. Just a small little amount of money. He owed a lot of money that he'd never be able to pay back. But this other guy owed him just a little bit of amount amount of money, and he thought, you know what, today's my lucky day. I got rid of this debt, and I'm going to go get that money that I'm owed. So he goes and starts and starts choking the guy and, and roughs him up a little bit and says, give me what I'm paid or I'm going to... And he goes, he begs and he pleads. He says, no, you're going to go to jail until you pay me what I'm owed. Now, and it, you may be saying, jail's a horrible place to earn money. But the way they worked it back then is if you owed money, you would, you would put the guy in you would put him in jail and his family, it would, you're almost holding him hostage in a prison. His family would work to get the money to bring him out of jail. So he starts, um, he, he, he's really frustrated with this guy who, doesn't, who owes him money. And now some other servants see this, knowing that the king had just uh, forgiven all the debt of this guy who's being such a jerk to this other guy. And they go and tell the king, and the king says, Oh, no, no, that's not happening. And so he brings the guy in and says, didn't, didn't I forgive all of your debt, but yet you go and, and, and are a jerk to this other guy? No, 
if you're not going to forgive the debt like I forgave your debt, then you're going to spend quite a while in prison too. Jesus goes on to say, if you don't forgive your brother like God has forgiven you, then that's a serious offense. Now what's interesting about this parable is, is, is the way they begged and they pleaded. Listen to it. At this time, verse 26, at this time the servant fell on his knees before the king, before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. And then, whenever he, uh, he goes to his fellow servant, his fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. See, each time the men are asking for uh, forgiveness or they're asking for grace, the way they phrase it is, be patient with me. Patience, at its core, is repeated forgiveness. Patience is just being able to forgive again. There are some things that Rachel will have to be patient with me about. When we're driving in the car, uh, I click my teeth. I do. It's, I, I'm, I'm a drummer. Uh, I've been a drummer longer than I've been just about anything. And, I've, and I've, in my teeth, my, my teeth, I can hear it. It's a fantastic beat if she would just listen. But she hears me clicking my teeth, and she'll say, could you not click your teeth? Lately, she has start added, ever again. Because <laughs> she's probably had to tell me to stop clicking my teeth, or ask me politely to stop clicking my teeth about a bazillion times in the ten years we've, uh, the nine and a half years we've been married. A lot of times, because I just do it. Now, you would look at her, the way she asks me, the way she phrases it. Will you, will you please quit clicking your teeth? On the, seriously, probably hundreds of thousands of times. On the 650,000th time, I a lot in that. On the 650,000th time, she, she asked me, she said, will you please stop clicking your teeth? What she has done is she has forgiven me again. Now, we would look at that and say, that's patience. But patience is just when you have a perceived um, friction, or someone uh, maybe sins against you, which, that, that's what this is, is, she doesn't want me to do this, I do it. When someone sins against you, you forgive them. And when they do it again, you forgive them again. And this is exactly how this whole parable starts. It's when Peter asked Jesus, Jesus Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus' answer is no. No, 70 times seven. What he means by that is not exactly 490. He means just keep doing it. And then he tells this parable and his reasoning for you to just keep forgiving is because God has kept 
forgiving you. Patience for us needs to be something that we recognize as a spiritual gift we give to the world. God has forgiven me over and over and over again. But that person has 21 items in the 20 and item less lane. It's when it feels like it's a small thing. Those are the little, little death by paper cuts we have in life. Those little small things that, that irritates me. For example, we were listening to Disney radio. I know it sounds like it would be Lion King and you know Timon and Pumbaa singing, but no, it's One Direction. And let me tell you about One Direction. I've never heard One Direction before in my life until this weekend. And if someone can answer me this, why do they need five guys to sing one melody line? That may just be a Church of Christ thing in me, but you got five of you there. Pick a harmony. Good grief. Oh, I'm sorry, but I do feel better. But these little things, you just think these, these little things that drive at you. And you, you let them mount and mount. What often happens is we have our list of priorities. And we say, well, I need to, I need to hurry and do this. And I need to hurry and do that. And, I need, and, and someone else's priorities cut in front of ours. Then we're frustrated. Oh, can't believe they interrupted my life. I can't believe their priorities intersected and ran friction up against my life. Because the, the I, I worked with a youth minister who, when a kid, just kept, kept grumbling, kept grumbling about, well, this isn't going my way, and this isn't, I would rather do this. He would just start running around them, just like in a tiny little circle, just sprinting around them. And the kid would all, if they'd never seen him do this before, would always say, what are you doing, Phil? His name was Phil. And he and and Phil would say, Well, your gravitational pull is just so strong, I can't help revolving around you. <laughs> it's even funnier if you saw the way he ran. But it that's that's what we think. That's what the oftentimes we have to forgive people over and over again. Because we are so serious about when our priorities or whenever our life is, uh, is, is cut off, is cut in front of. The problem with our patience, the problem with our forgiveness is that we are too easily offended. Is that, our, that someone pulls out in front of me. There's, way to, there's two ways to, to act when that happens. Well, that could have been a mistake. Have you ever pulled out in front of somebody? I have. I've done it a lot. I hate that feeling when you think, oh, no one's coming, and you pull out and lights are in your rearview mirror. I want a sign in the back of my car that says, sorry. I'm doing the best I can. But there, is, there, there are ways to handle when life doesn't go your way, but the default way that we have typically handled it is we're just mad. Things didn't go my way. 
So what we find is if we're mad about every little thing, every little thing that intersects with us, intersects our life, and we just we, it, it, we weren't expecting it, or we didn't want that. Every little thing, what we have is a pile of things that we've got to forgive. And you don't have time, and you just give up, and you say, I'm just impatient. One, you haven't recognized that patience is about forgiveness. About repeated forgiveness. And secondly, maybe you're just a little too sensitive. Maybe too many things are needing to be forgiven in your life. I don't say this a lot, but I, I, so I mean it when I say it. That's a you problem. Just because everyone else is getting on your nerves, everybody always gets on my nerves, maybe it's your nerves' fault. Maybe maybe you need to relax and stop, stop being so offended all the time. And so maybe... Maybe you won't wrestle with patience when you don't have a dumpster fire of things to forgive. Maybe you won't, maybe you will be able to forgive the big things when you're not dealing with all these little things that you have to forgive. And then you maybe you'll be patient. I used to uh, really wrestle with when people walked in the exit door at Walmart. You can think my struggles are funny, that's fine. But they're real. They're very real. I once saw a woman looking at her phone, walking into the exit door at Walmart, and the door almost didn't open for her. She almost ran into it. And I almost got to use the confetti that I keep in my pocket for just such an occasion. I like, I knew it was a danger. That is a warning. That's a red flag for me when I'm excited about a woman running into something. That's a me problem, right? And then I came to, uh, I came, I was, the Walmart where we lived at the time, they removed the entrance and the exit labels. I don't think Nashville has them. I've overcome this. I don't even know. But I don't think Nashville has them. They removed them. And I, I was a little frustrated because then how will we know who's holier than other people? And that was the second red flag. The second red flag was that it was deep down the reason I was so offended about so many things is that I would never do something like that and that put them here and me way up here and it created a hierarchy in which I'm the king. The reason we get offended a lot is because we, we have set a lot of standards that make us feel really good about ourselves when someone trips over those wires. 
laid a lot of those traps, and we said, you, you, you trip over that, I'm better than you. You trip over that, I'm better than you. You trip over that, I'm better than you. And so we're offended. The reason a lot of times we're not patient is because it feels good to be better than other people. And so we're offended a lot. We have too much to forgive. And why would we forgive them? They're less than us. When we look around and we say we're all impatient, what we mean is we are all broken. And we need to be better at forgiving people repeatedly. We're really good at forgiving once. Maybe. But we need to get better at forgiving again and again and again. And the reason I say patience is a spirit thing is because the more we are in tune with the Spirit of God, the more we are indwelled with the Spirit of God, the more we will realize how much God has forgiven us on a regular basis. I think God thinks I'm funny. Even when I'm wrong at times. But I'm still wrong. Um, I had a, I worked at McDonald's when I was 18, and they wanted you to say when when you were at the drive the first drive-through window taking money, they wanted you to say pull to the second window. And the man, the owners would come in and say, "You need to be saying pull to the second window." And I thought that was just ridiculous. If you don't know how this system works by now. If you're just driving off after you pay your money, you, do, you don't deserve food and you don't deserve your money. So I would express this to my manager and to the owners. I would say, that doesn't make sense. 18-year-old kid knows everything. Uh, glad I've grown out of that. And so he would, so what I did was I found the sign. Have you seen those signs that they, they, Whenever you don't pay at the first window, you need to go to the second window. There's a sign that says, please pull to the second window. I just wore that on my shirt. That way I didn't have to say it, but the message was conveyed. And my manager came up to me and said, Benjamin, that's funny, but stop it. (laughs) I feel like God feels that way about us sometimes. Y'all are crazy, but stop it. These little things that annoy you, these little, these little inconveniences, stop, stop being so inconvenienced all the time. Give up your desire, give up your right to your priorities. The world does not revolve around us. The more we realize that, uh, listen, the less patient you have to be. the less you have to forgive because people aren't stepping on your toes constantly. And so you can reserve the energy you have remaining for the patience that you're actually going to need. Because when we do this thing called church, when we do this thing called Christianity, there are going to be people who hurt you. There are going to be people who who hurt you again. 
And you're going to have to be patient with them, not because they're bad people, but because they just haven't come as far as you would like them to come at this point. They're going to get there. They're going to get to a point in their life where they're not hurting people like they're hurting you now. They're going to get to that point, but they're not there now. And they're going to need your patience along the way. They're going to need your forgiveness repeatedly along the way. Listen to what he says in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 is the beginning of the whole section in which Paul is saying, since Jesus has done the thing that he has done, um, and the, the fantastic thing that he has done that he talks about in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, Ephesians 4, he says, as a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. And then he fleshes that out. He says, be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Patience is not just about people, cars cutting you off and people going slower than you would want or people not doing the thing in a social situation that you expected them to do. Patience is of what happens when a community decides to be a community and they're not all at the same place. Patience is whenever we stick with each other, even though sticking with each other requires forgiveness and it requires love. Patience is a high calling of the people who claim the Spirit of God and it comes from a place of love and it comes and it works toward a place of community. You want a good community, you need to be a patient community. You want a good marriage, you need a patient marriage. So what we need is to focus our energies on the things that need actually need patience. So that we have energy when they come along. And when they come along, we need to understand that they're about forgiveness. They're about patience is about repeated forgiveness. And when we run out of strength for that, we need to look to our Father who has forgiven us much more just today than we're going to have to forgive anybody else today. It is hard work. It is hard work that the Spirit calls us to. But it is the necessary work of the Christian. It is the necessary work of the church. Not just the organization, but the group of people sitting here together that are so different that just instinctively we're going to step on each other's toes. I have a friend who made an A&M joke in A&M country at a church where he had started preaching. That didn't end well. He's a Texas Longhorns fan, which is problem enough. But, you know, in the end, we were all talking about it, and he said, well, they need to learn to take a joke get over themselves and be patient with you learning about their situation. Oh, you don't joke about the scrappers around here. (laughs) 
can't do that. Well, we're going to learn about that. But we're going to be patient with each other. There's going to be people who come in who don't know why we do the things we do, and they're going to do something different. We'll be patient with them. There are going to be people who come in and say words that confuse us and make us think, well, don't you know we're in church? We're going to be patient with them because they're just not where we've come. But they're going there, and we're bearing with one another in love. When he says, be patient, he says, let me explain that, bearing with one another in love. So patience may be something that you're wrestling with, but wrestle away. Hopefully today, you've may, maybe I've couched it in a way that you can think about it because it's something you can do now. You've got to get rid of all that stuff that stop being offended by the things that aren't worth your offense. So you'll have the reserve and the strength to forgive the people who need to be forgiven again. And in that, you will find the strength. You'll find that you're just a patient person. The more you forgive, the more patient you will seem. And we'll praise God, we'll praise His Son, we'll praise the Spirit for doing a good work in us. If you need prayers, if you need to connect with this God who offers us strength to be patient, who forgives us in ways where we can stand up and forgive others, If you need to connect with that God this morning through Jesus, through baptism, then we will absolutely, we, would, we will rejoice with you and rejoice with the angels in heaven in you deciding to follow Jesus. But if today you just need strength to be patient for the rest of your week, maybe you work with kids, maybe you work with adults who act like kids, whatever your situation, maybe you need strength to not be as offended, to relax a little bit, Maybe someone has offended you severely and you need forgiveness and strength and patience to forgive them again. We want to pray with you. We want to sit with you and talk with you. Um, but don't do this alone. Do it with the Spirit. And do it with... Um, participate in it with your church. Because there's no other way to be more patient and in the Spirit, and with your church. If you need anything this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.